Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Kyle, and how good. are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it, it's a great day it to is. be alive. In the neighborhood? Yeah, there's all, all kinds of Quoting stuff. Quoting Fred Rogers? Yeah, I remember him. Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a dude. In fact, one year as uh, um, Hero Day in our homecoming week, you know, you have different days where you dressed up for different things, different themes for the day. We had a Hero Day. Uh-huh. I actually dressed up as Mr. Rogers. And did, and I had multiple sweaters. I switched every time I went to a new class. Did you change your shoes too? I didn't do the shoes. I thought uh-huh. that was getting a little too much. My algebra teacher wasn't down with that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I know Mr. Rogers for sure. So, hey, Jeff. Yes. We're going to move past Mr. Rogers. Oh, how can you do that? But go ahead. I know. I know. Hey, we we live in a digital age. Talking about moving past Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. All day long, every day, it feels like we're inundated by interruptions. We have alerts from our phones, our smart devices. Mm-hmm. They buzz when they want to wake us up. We, we want them to wake us up in the morning. We have emails that stream into our inboxes, all those little bubbles that pop up on our screens. Yep. It's Everywhere. It's per, it's Makes you pervasive. Long for, long for a little analog, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, I think so. And, uh, you know, t- to some degree, we're kind of used to these interruptions. And in our minds, they probably make some sense because we want technology to help us with our busy lives. We are busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that we don't miss important appointments and communications. And it just there's some logical sense to how we got to this point. The problem is, though, Jeff, Yes. this is according to an article that I found in Business Insider and the problem is, is that our bodies feel differently about it. And I and my mind agrees with my body. Yes, yes. These constant alerts, they jolt our stress hormones into action for some reason that we're not entirely sure why. But when these notices happen, they ignite our fight or flight response. Our heartbeats tend to quicken. Our breathing tightens. Our sweat glands burst open. Our muscles contract. And that response that we receive, that we get, was intended to help us outrun saber-toothed tigers it wasn't intended to be the response every time we get a text message right so that's why i should have to go back to ding you got mail that was so (laughs) much kinder and gentler it was gentler that's true but it's the same problem and when it comes right down to it we're just not built to live our lives like this nope so endocrinologist robert lustig says that notifications from our phones are training our brains to be in a near constant state of stress and fear by establishing a stress-fear memory pathway. And such a state means that the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of our brains that normally deals with some of our highest order cognitive functioning, it basically shuts down. And here's here's the, the problem, or here's the reality. Our brains can really only do one thing at a time. Now, we like to think as human beings that we're multitaskers, right? I can do multiple things at the same time. Some people do, yeah. Well, scientists have really proven that that's not true. We're just, we're not very good at multitasking. No. There are some outlier exceptions, but for the most part, we're not very good at it. That means that every time we pause to answer a new notification, a text message, a a voicemail, whatever it is that comes in, uh, we're being interrupted. And with that interruption, we pay a price. It's it's a price that's Mm -hmm. called a switch cost. So sometimes the switch from one task to another cost is very minimal. It takes just a a very quick fraction of a second to look over at our phone. 
But in a day of flip-flopping between ideas, conversations, transactions on our phone or on our computer, our switch costs can really add up. And unfortunately, it can make us error-prone because we're trying to do all these things at the same time. So psychologist David Meyer, who studied this effect, he estimates that shifting between tasks can take up as much as 40% of our otherwise productive brain time. That's a lot. So it makes us just much less productive. I just used to ignore my phone most of the time. (laughs) So that's the way to do it, right? Here's the problem, though. Every time we switch tasks, we're also shooting ourselves up with a dose of the stress hormone hormone uh, cortisol. You've heard mm-hmm. of that one. Yep. The switching puts our thoughtful, reasoning prefrontal cortex to sleep, and it kicks up the dopamine, which you've also probably heard of. Yep. And uh, so that makes the, the that, that's the brain chemical that's for um, rewarding and, and mm-hmm. you know, motivates the, the, the reward it's process. Like yeah. yeah. So in other words, here's the problem. The stress that we build up trying to do many things at once when we really can't do many things at once makes us sick. And that causes us to crave even more interruptions, which spikes the dopamine, which perpetuates just a cycle. You can see the problem yep, here, yep, right? Yep. The problem becomes the solution, becomes the problem, becomes the solution. It's this, it's mm-hmm. this, this spiral that takes us to uh, a, a bad place. Uh, Lustig says, though, that he's not willing to go so far as to say that the devices that we have in our pocket and in our purse are inherently evil. Um, but they become a problem yep. when we're given free reign to... Let them interrupt us, tugging at our brain's desire for tempting treats, tricking our brain into always wanting more. His hope, Lustig's hope, is that we find a more socially acceptable boundary for our cell phones. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, like we used to smoke in buildings. We used to smoke inside airplanes. You may have, but I ever did. Well, I didn't, but people did. As as, as people, yeah. Yeah, people did. (laughs) But that's very socially unacceptable right now. You know, you don't don't smoke in an airplane. You don't walk into, you know, most restaurants and, and smoke. His hope is that we find a place for our cell phones where it's not socially acceptable to just constantly be grabbing it, pulling it out, using that screen time. And I think there might be something to that. Well, I think there are places that's not socially acceptable, but still, people still do it. Well, and, and that's the problem, is that we've made it socially acceptable. Well, we, we accept it even though it's not socially. His, it's, it's, his, yeah. yeah, and his goal, his argument is that we, we find that boundary and then we kind of... Enforce it. In, well, enforce Send it. Send those suckers to jail if they get their cell phone out in church. <laughs> what, or at the restaurant. Or the restaurant, or while you're in the middle of a conversation with someone. Or on a radio show. Or on a radio show, whatever it is. I, <laughs> Jeff, I think today's guest may actually have an opinion on this. He may, he may. James Garrett, for over a decade, has been studying and teaching the psychology of success and unpacking the brain science behind what makes human beings thrive. His goal is to turn academic knowledge about the human brain into practical tools that anyone can use to change their life or even the world. And uh, James, we've had you on the show before. We're glad that you could come back. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. What do you think about the cell phone thing? You're, you're a brain expert. Does any of that ring true? Does that, is, that, is that what you're seeing in the research? Yeah, what you said is spot on. Um, you know, the, the thing about the way we interact with our digital devices is they're not they're really not um, designed to help us be well, happy, and, and sort of thriving. They're designed to hijack our attention. And that is what they do. You know, and so very practically, so what do you do about that? Like one, some very concrete things. One of the things that I do on my cell phone is I have an iPhone. Okay. 
And so I pull up the main menu right. from the bottom or from the top, depending on which, which phone, phone, which version, version you have. You have. <laughs> uh, and then there's this little icon. It looks like a little moon. Okay. You click the moon, and it's a do not disturb function. Beautiful. Um, so that will silence all of your notifications, all those buzzes and pings and little bubbles that pop things up that are causing boop. you little bursts of stress. Yes. They don't, they don't, it doesn't ping you all the time. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't distract you in that way. And, and for me, it's a total game changer. When I did this, I was shocked at the difference at how much more focus I had, how much more calm I felt. So the next great invention needs to be something that when you walk through the door, it does it for you automatically. Yeah, so what, you depending think on about it. whether it's your living room or, or, or as your you place say, of church business or, or wherever you are. You walk in, yeah. it's no cell phone zone. Zing, it's gone. You know, there is a down. company in San Diego working on that very technology. Really? Well, they yeah. probably stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the radio saying that it was my idea right now, right? Awesome. That is right. Awesome. Well, James, um, we're not really going to spend all of our time with you talking about cell phones, but I love that idea, that idea of being mindfully aware of what your challenges may be and then finding a solution for it. And oftentimes the solution is there, you know, and in this case, the technological solution is provided by technology. Mm. Uh, but I love that. I love that. I know that you spend a lot of your time talking about habits. Mm. So let's, let's dig into that just a little bit. And, and maybe from a, a holistic standpoint, I think it's very easy when it comes to our health and wellness to compartmentalize things, you know, sure. today I'm going to do cardio tomorrow. I'm going to do strength today. I'm going to fo- the next thing I'm going to focus on my brain health. Uh, it's very easy to compartmentalize, but there is a bigger picture, right? There is. And our, and our brain plays such a, obviously a, a pivotal role in this concept of health and wellness and habits can be such powerful tools in the middle of that. So let's, let's dig into that just a little bit. Let's talk about habits. For sure. Yeah. So habits are really the foundation of behavior. You know, scientists estimate that 40 to 50 percent of our of our behavior in a given day comes from a place of habits. Yeah. Which is a ton. It's a ton. Or maybe higher. <laughs> depending on. Depending. <laughs> when you're, you're old, by like me, there's a much higher percentage. <laughs> old dogs, new tricks, those kinds of things, right? Well, I love that you bring that up. Um, <laughs> Because these these sort of cultural notions we have about human change or behavior change don't necessarily map onto the brain science. Let me tell you what I mean. That even that that particular phrase "can't teach an old dog new tricks" um, ends up being pretty untrue when you look at the, how our brains work. And, and let me just give you a data point on this. Um, they did this study with fifty-seven to seventy-two-year-olds. And they found that even the 72-year-olds were giving birth to up to 500 to 1,000 new neurons every single day in their hippocampus alone. Wow. See, I, I love that. And I've heard that before. And I, maybe I've heard it from you, James. But we, we've, we've kind of bought into this idea that once you're old, everything's set, your, yeah. your pathways are set, there's not much you can do. When and, you get old, that's, you take comfort in that. <laughs> and, and maybe you do find comfort in that. Uh, but I love the idea that that is not true. And I'm glad that science has been able to show that, hey, there's, there's, uh, there's still growth happening. There's still connections happening. There's still learning going on. We, we, we can teach old dogs new tricks. That's right. <laughs> no, we really can. And, and, and part of the problem is that belief is what 
determines what you do. So if you believe you can't change, you won't take the necessary actions to actually create the change. So brains are use-dependent. What does that mean? It means your brain doesn't care who you are. It only cares what you do. Right. So if you start forming new positive habits, your brain will literally start rewiring those particular pathways. Scientists call this neuroplasticity. Okay, so it's a reforming those pathways, strengthening those pathways. Um, and if you don't take action, you know, whether it's an exercise routine in the morning or whether it's, you know, meditating for 10 minutes a day or whatever that habit is for you. Right. Um, it just simply won't. Your brain is a use it or lose it principle. And so um, the more you use your brain in a particular way, the stronger it gets. Your brain is just like a muscle. It's just like your bicep. Right. So if you work that bicep out again and again and again, um, it just gets stronger. So the brain is exactly the same. So this is especially true in older age where, you know, a lot of people are worried about dementia or Alzheimer's or cognitive decline. And what scientists find again and again is that these things are um, very much delayable and in some ones are, some are arguing preventable. Wow. Um, So, and the biggest the biggest differentiator between those who there's a lot of factors play into cognitive decline. So there's, there's this, this, it's a complex picture, no question. Right, right. But, but you do have a lot of control over it. And the biggest way you have control over it is how much you challenge your brain. So what does this look like practically? Well, it looks like the people with who have a model of sort of positive brain health into old age, they're playing all sorts of card games regularly. <laughs> They're, they have an active social life. Yeah. They're exercising regularly. So exercise is one of these things that spurs new neuron growth. We know that what's good for the heart is good for the brain. They're so connected. So exactly. getting up and walking or jogging, whatever it is that you do for exercise, you're probably thinking, oh, this is making my heart so strong. And it is. It's great. But it's also helping your brain. That's right. I love it. I love it. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And we're visiting with brain expert James Garrett. We're talking a little bit about the way brains function and the importance that habits can play into that. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more. What, what are some habits that are positive that we want to get into? And, and, and maybe more importantly than what are, James, how? How, yeah. <laughs> how do you form that good habit? I, I know how to do the bad habits. We don't need to spend any time on those. Yeah. How do we form the good habits? Well, let me teach this principle called habit stacking. Okay. It's a really powerful, powerful way to build habits. So remember the sentence, after I blank, then I will blank. Okay. So after I brush my teeth, then I will meditate for 10 minutes. After I wake up in the morning, then I will go for a walk around the block. After I, you know sit down at the breakfast table, then I will say one thing I'm grateful for. After I eat lunch, then I'll have my dessert. <laughs> and after it dessert, works. I'll have seconds. <laughs> uh, the brain is really good at linking things. Yeah, yeah. Psychologists call this pairing. And so you don't want, to, you, you want to stack a new habit on top of something you already that do. That you're already doing. I love that. And we, we eat three meals a day. We get dressed. We take a shower. We brush our teeth. We get in our car. We sit down at a desk. We, we do, our, our, again, our routines are very consistent. Yeah. So you just want to stack a new baby habit on top of that. It doesn't need to be big. 
This is where people get tripped up. They, right. they think they need to go exercise for an hour at the gym. That's, they're really going to be serious about their exercise routines. Start with five minutes. I like that idea. I, I, love, I love the idea of tagging it onto something you're already doing, right? Because I think that what becomes really difficult is the starting from scratch model. Right? Don't you think? Don't you agree with that? For sure. It's hard to just be like, today's the day that everything in my life changes. Yes. Like that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, and it's really a recipe. It's really <laughs> for a recipe. No, no, no. It's a recipe for failure. Ninety-two yeah. percent of our New Year's resolutions fail collectively, right? And the reason is because we try to tackle too much too soon. Yeah. All at once. That's at, and we don't. You know what they've discovered is willpower is a limited resource. It's exhaustible. It's like your cell phone battery. So if you use too much up, you literally run out in a given day. Of willpower. Of willpower. It's, I, I, I can attest to that. I've seen that in my life. So you want to take those you know, six new habits that you start, want to start January 1st, and you want to do one every two months around the calendar. One in January and February, one in March and April. It's a much more uh, spread out and more effective way to deploy your limited mental energy. Now, speaking of the New Year's resolutions, do you recommend, as you said, say you've got six, you want to do one every two months. Do you continue the January and February into the next two months or do you take a little break from that one and start the new one? What's your recommendation there? Um, no, you do continue it because okay. at that point it's no longer reliant on willpower. It's it's It's, it's become automatic. a habit, become which a is habit. what we're talking about, right? It's just getting over that hump. Uh, and and an av- a habit takes on average sixty six days to form. Okay. So you want to think about a two month. If I'm going to form a new habit, I need to do it daily and be a little bit unreasonable about hitting it every single day in those first two months because it's because it's fragile, right? Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of those two months, I can move on to a new habit. I think that makes a lot of sense. I I like that. And I've I've uh, maybe even unintentionally done some of this stacking. Uh, you, I saw you do a, a presentation a, a while ago where you talked about push-ups, and and I, I love that you use that as an example because I've done that before. I'm I'm not doing it as well right now as that maybe I'd like to, but when I when I was uh, doing it at work, every time I stood up for whatever it was to go to the water cooler, to go to the coffee machine, whatever mm-hmm. it was, when I came back, I would do some push-ups. Now I was doing a, a few more than your recommended two or three. Great. Um, but I, but, I, but I was seeing a benefit. I was actually seeing a benefit. So I don't know why I stopped. But, uh, but I love that idea of stacking. Every time you, you stand up, every time you do something, then you add to it. It's a good question why we stop. Yeah. Part of, it's, part of it is this idea of you want to create a – you want to make progress visible. So, so what I do, I print out a blank calendar. I literally type into Google – blank calendar yeah. and I click on printacalendar.com. <laughs> I print out a calendar for that month and every day that I do my goal or my habit, I put a big X Boom. on that day. And so I have now this wall of calendars that's create this big chain of progress that I can see with my eyes. Yeah. And now I don't want to break the chain. Right. And there's something really powerful too, even if for whatever reason you're sick or it got away from you, whatever, you do break the chain you can see visually all these great days, all this success, everything. Because I think it's very easy to fall into the idea of, oh, I messed up. I might as well, I might as well quit now, right? Sure. But if you can look at all those X's and see that, yeah, in 30 days, um, you know, maybe you hit 25 of them and you missed five. 
our tendency might be to focus on the five, but if you can see the 25, isn't that powerful? It's amazing. Yeah. And, and what the, the, the idea I think here is we all have bad days. Sure. Just try to make one da- bad day not turn into two bad days. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's two, then don't let it turn into three, right? That's it. Right? That's you, just, it. you just keep going. You just keep going there. That's awesome. You know, it, it, I'll just talk about habits. If only there was some kind of a course available to help somebody form good habits. If only somebody had something like that out there available, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, so I do have an I That's shocking. I do have a course an entire course on the science of habits of the, of the skill set of how to build positive habits in your life. And I talked with uh Jeff and Kyle about this before the show uh because we like you as listeners. I actually want to give that course it's a $200 course uh and I want to give that course away for free. And so the way to access that course is you just text the word brain, B-R-A-I-N, brain, to the number. Not Brian, but brain. Not Brian, brain. but brain. To the, to the number 44144. So, so text So brain. we all know how to use texting. Very simple. Type in the word brain, text it to 4414. No, and there, four, 44144. Thank you. Thank you. 44. One four four, and they're going to get access to this free course that helps you build healthy habits. That's right. That is awesome. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Absolutely. What what is it going to come digitally? What can they expect? That's right. So it is. It's a digital course. So you watch videos. Uh, it has exercises for how to apply it. It also has audio, so you can listen to it. It has suggested reading. So it's a full, robust kind of experience. This is. Uh, I think this is incredibly valuable. Once Thank again, you. text brain to what's that number? 44144. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, we've got just uh, a couple of minutes left. Um, brain health, habits, What? two minutes. What, what would you share in two minutes? That's the most important thing. Um, the most important thing, I think, is that there's more hope sitting in your brain than you may realize. It, we we tend to forget how much dormant or latent or sort of sleeping potential is inside of our brains. Our our brains are so powerful, uh, but it ha- but you have to use it yeah. to access that power. And one of the ways, one of the most efficient and effective ways that we can and do use it is this development of habits. That's right. That's love right. it. I love it. And, uh, and again, I just, I want to go back one more time to that stacking concept mm. because I just think what a perfect pathway to success. Every time I do blank, then I'm going to do blank. That's it. I love it. I love it. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, James, for joining us today. Hopefully we'll get a chance to have you on the show again. Um, one more time, text the word brain to 441 Four, four, and get access to a free course on how to build habits that can be applied in any area of your overall health and wellness view from exercise to um, just, as, you, as you've mentioned several times, meditating, whatever it is, whatever change that you want to make, it can be done by developing positive, healthy habits. And this course will allow you to, uh, to have some tools to help you do that. Awesome. James, again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Jeff. 
Kyle. Let's talk about registration for just a second. Boom, it's gone crazy. Registration <laughs> for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open, and it has gone crazy well over well over 3,000. Yep. We're, we're coming up on 3,500 registered participants. Our goal for the year will be about 11,000 total athletes, mm-hmm. so we're w- easily a third of the way there. If you are interested in being part of the Huntsman World Senior Games... And, and helping us reach your goals. And helping us reach our goal... And we hope that you're interested. Then now is the time to get registered. Get it on your calendar. Use that motivation to help you really live the active life throughout this entire year. Registration is very easy to do. All you have to do is visit SeniorGames.net. Click on Register. The process is simple. It's fast. It's secure. Before you know it, you'll be ready to become one of our more than 11,000 athletes who will compete this year. And if it'll help you, you can use our what we learned today. You can stack it. After I get up, I will register for the Games. That's right. After you stand up, I will register for the Games. I love it. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. So put that on your calendar. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating, write a quick review. You can really make a difference in helping us spread the word. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website. Once again, that website is SeniorGames.net. So go and check that out. Jeff, our inspirational quote for the day. I'm ready. Discipline is just choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Right. That's great. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye.